um, with Matthew, as you can see, uh, we've been working our way through it together since uh, September last year. So we're continuing to look at that. Last Sunday morning, um, Tim Bailey uh, began looking, um, began covering training the twelve when when Christ sent out his apostles and the words that he sent with them and I'm going to continue where he left off because in the passage that we're looking at today that that conversation that dialogue it continues um where Jesus is speaking to the apostles and and last week um to quote Tim Bailey, to just, just to begin, he said that Christian ministry relies completely on God and not on ourselves. And he said that these men could do nothing on their own, but with him they could do amazing things. And, and those statements could not be any truer. You see, when, we, when you see what, what these men and they are just men, but they are men serving a great God. When you see what these men are about to endure and witness, you understand why they would need to be sent. They would need to be sent by God. You, you begin to understand why they would need instruction. They need, they need told what to do and how to do it. They need provision. They need protection. And who can they trust other than God? The only one that they can trust. Not even each other. Because again, man, man would deceive and man would betray. As we would read later on in the New Testament, their hope and their trust must be in God. And that absolutely applies to us today as well. So we're going to be looking at their story. We're going to see how it applies to us as followers of Christ too. So we're looking at Matthew in chapter 10. Verses 16 to 25. And it says, Behold, I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. Therefore be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. But beware of men, for they will deliver you up to councils and scourge you in their synagogues. You will be brought before governors and kings for my sake as a testimony to them and to the Gentiles. But when they deliver you up, do not worry about how or what you should speak, for it will be given to you in that hour what you should speak. For it is not you who speak, but the Spirit of your Father who speaks in you. Now brother will deliver up brother to death, and a father, his child, and children will rise up against parents and cause them to be put to death. And you will be hated by all for my name's sake. But he who endures to the end will be saved. When they persecute you in this city, flee to another. For assuredly, I say to you, you will not have gone through the cities of Israel before the Son of Man comes. A disciple is not above his teacher, nor a servant above his master. It is enough for a disciple that he will be like his teacher and a servant like his master. 
If they called the master of this house Beelzebub, how much more will they call those of his household? Church, let's pray as we begin to study God's word together. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for the words of your son, Jesus. Thank you for truth. Thank you for clear instruction. Thank you for encouragement. And we pray that today, that each person divinely by your Holy Spirit would would receive exactly what they need to receive to glorify you. God, would we hold on to your word? Would you reveal yourself to us through it? And God, we pray that today, for those whose eyes are shut, would they be open? God, we thank you for what what we have here, God. We thank you for what, what the potential of what is in front of us. And God, we just pray that today, as we would study your word, that you would be glorified. It's in your son's holy and precious name we pray. Amen. In church we began by saying that these were just men. Last week that was covered. Today we're saying again these are just men. Human beings. And praise God that power is in, is in they who are sent because he who sends is powerful. And you are reminded here again that Jesus is the one who sends. This does not work if he does not send. But praise God that he sends. The first verse that we read, it says, I send you. He's speaking to the apostles. He says, I send you. And because he is the sender, those who are sent are given power, as we're told in the first verse of this chapter. They are given power by the sender. They cannot do it of their own volition. They cannot do it of their own power because they are simply powerless. They are helpless without the sender. And just in case we, we missed it earlier in verse 5 as well, um, when it tells us that Jesus sent out, here we have it again from Christ himself, I send you out. And there's a lot coming their way. What they will face is heavy and hard. But that's okay Because in spite of everything that is coming their way, everything that is ahead of them, there is more in the one who sends them. There is more power, there is more authority, there is more direction, there is more protection in the one who sends them than anything that they would face. Nothing we ever face has more power or authority or presence than he who sends us. And again, I don't know where, what, what spheres or what circles that you feel that you have been sent into, but know that the one who is almighty and all-powerful has sent you there. Know who your sender is. Just as was made clear to these men. And yet, as I said, the first verse that we read there, verse 16. Behold, I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. Therefore be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. 
There's a lot of comparisons made there, and there's there's a lot to unpack in 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 this verse, and it tells us that they are sent out as sheep. They are sent out as sheep, and and we know quite a bit about sheep. They're mentioned quite a lot in the Bible, and just just in general. It's not, it's not an animal that's too complex. It's, it's not hard to wrap your head around. And we know that sheep are vulnerable. And so it would be right in saying that a sheep is only as strong as its shepherd. They don't have much going for them as animals other than their shepherd, other than their protector. And though these sheep have been sent out amongst wolves, vulnerable and seemingly defenseless, we should understand, we should know that the shepherd that is sending them has all authority, is all powerful and is almighty. And although they are being sent out in the midst of the wolves, Again, as we spoke about a few weeks ago, God is in control and he is with them. And just like he did the lions that threatened Daniel, so too can he shut the mouths of wolves. So too can he protect them. But sheep are vulnerable and we must have vulnerability in our ministry too. In, in those that we minister to, in ministering to each other, we must have vulnerability. And as we share the gospel, as we are sent out to share the gospel, it requires us to soften. I hope that, that makes sense. It requires meeting real people. In, in real circumstances and, and people without God are in real and desperate need and how we minister to people matters it requires meeting people at their level being vulnerable in order to deliver the good news in order to tell people what they need to hear we need to go in to scurry spaces we need to go into places that will make us vulnerable. But we need to rely on what God has given us. Because church, wolves are predators. We know this and although God could intervene at any point, as we said um, just a minute ago, although we know that God's protection is ultimate although we know that God could intervene at any point we also know that wolves will be wolves wolves will only ever treat sheep one way and that is as prey and so when it tells us there in that verse in the midst of wolves it meant that the apostles they would be exposed exposed to hatred exposed to violence from those that they would encounter. They are exposed, they are vulnerable, and they are vulnerable to predators. 
And what's described in these verses is the wolves from town to town will deliver the sheep to councils and scourge them in synagogues. Parents and children separated, split and killed. They will be hated, they will be persecuted because wolves will be wolves. So then what else are, are we given? What else are they given? Because it doesn't sound like a great position to be in if you just leave it there. And we understand again from this verse, therefore be wise as serpents. And we know that serpents are smart. And though, although we are told that they are sheep, they are to be like serpents. Wise as serpents. Snakes are really commonly thought of as wise. And maybe it's because they're silent. Maybe it's because they're both silent and dangerous. Or because of the way that they move. So although we may be vulnerable like sheep are. We've been given the go ahead to use our heads. And, and again, we'll, we'll go on and we'll explain this further in this passage. Christ goes beyond this too. But yeah, this is where the contrast comes between, between sheep and serpents. Because we aren't supposed to just wait. We aren't supposed to just wait to be devoured. We aren't supposed to wait for wolves to eat us. And that's not what they were supposed to do either. When the danger comes, snakes don't freeze. They, they take cover. They're smart. And, and when, you think of a, when you think of a snake and you think of what, whatever predator might come to them, they'll often take refuge. They, they move. They, they don't often stay in the same position. Or if they do, it's because they, they're protected or they're, they're camouflaged. They, they, but... Typically, snakes don't really freeze. If there was a rock nearby, that's where they'd be going, underneath it. They would be taking cover underneath the rock. So yes, we are sheep among wolves. But when they come for us, we can step aside. We can be wise and it's possible to not succumb to harm. And we'll explain more about that again as we go on toward the end. But we, we, we want to continue to explain and unpack what this verse is saying. Because it finally mentions to be as harmless as doves. Doves are innocent. Harmless in, in this passage, in this context, it, it literally means unmixed. So that could indicate purity and it indicates innocence, unmixed, innocent, pure. We are to be as innocent as doves. We are to be as harmless like doves. And, and this is probably to do as much with our witness as anything else. You remember we talked about the context in which we witness to other people and the way that we share the gospel and, and, and our morality, our conduct, how we conduct ourselves matters. 
in the world but not of the world. We're supposed to be with people but, but we need to witness to people. We, we need to be separate. Separation, not isolation. So we, we aren't to stay in, in, our little, in our little bubble, in our little club, and, and, and everything just be lovely. We are, we are to go out, and we are to be witnesses. But yeah, how we, how we do that matters. How we conduct ourselves matters. Don't give people legitimate reason to accuse you. Keep your reputation as clean as possible. The apostles to avoid being deceived by evil, they, they had to live in humility, in gentleness and integrity among those to whom they ministered. They had to have integrity. We too must have integrity. We must be humble. We must be gentle. This will also help us in the danger that we are being sent to. Because no matter what, we will be accused anyway. The word tells us that. No matter what, we will receive accusation. But are they grounded? Are are accusations grounded in, in anything? If we remain harmless, if we remain innocent, then the argument of those who accuse us is weakened. If, we, if people come against us and argue that, that, that we are doing what it says in God's word, then, then, then happy days, that's great. That's, that's exactly what we're supposed to be doing. But we need to conduct ourselves as God's word tells us to. Our witness won't be effective otherwise. We, we can't go out into the world if we aren't following the example and instruction that we are being given. Make sure that you are innocent as doves, harmless. And, and yeah, this, this passage that we're looking at, it carries on and... And it talks about being delivered up. And last, last Sunday night, Pastor Mark covered the subject of do not fear and looked at the, the verses just after this. And in the middle of um, these verses here, there's a phrase similar to that. Because as Pastor Matt said last week, the, the verses that, that come after this, they mention three times the words, do not fear. And in verse 19 of this passage, similarly, Jesus tells the apostles, do not worry. It says that they will be delivered up, but it says, do not worry. Do you know what? I, when I read that, do not worry, I, I thought of the context in which people have said that to me before. And, and I wonder if you relate to this at all. Do you ever, do you ever get when you come to, you come to people with, with all your anxieties and your worries and, and your panicking and your unsure and, and you're telling people how you feel and they turn around and they're like, don't worry, I'll be all right. And, and you're like, oh, 
thanks, that's me cured. Thank, thank you for that, that was brilliant. Don't worry, you'll be alright. So you come to people with, with your crisis. You come to people with, with your, this is, this is probably actually more, more a male thing. I know that my Rebecca will be complaining right now, saying, you do that to me, but she will be alright, she'll be fine. But you, you come to people with, with all your, your anxiousness and your worries and your genuine problems, and then they're like, don't worry. And uh, as if you're, you're going to go, happy days, that's me. Thank you for that. But that's not, that's not where, where Christ leaves. That's not where Christ leaves it. He doesn't do that. The context here is, is different because he gives them something. He gives us something. It's not just, don't worry, it'll be all right. With, with no context or help. That's not what he says. Jesus gives us something. It's not you who speaks. He says, do not worry. It's not you who speaks. It's the Spirit of God that speaks for you. So he's not saying, don't worry, it'll be all right. He's saying, don't worry about what to say or how to say it. I've got you. The Holy Spirit is within you. We'll give, I'll give you the words to say. I'll tell you how to say them. Do not worry. He doesn't just leave us. He offers us something. And, and like I said earlier, we're, we're given a lot of different choices. And what we do, and, and how we witness, and how we, and how we go out. We're given many different choices. And as I said, there's a choice to avoid harm. But you're maybe, you're maybe thinking of those who don't do that. And, and they stand up for their faith. And, and they're martyred and, and persecuted. And, and what I want to say to you is seek God as you stand. Seek God as you flee. But continue to seek God. No matter what your context or circumstance is, be certain that you are seeking God. And you are doing as you believe his word is instructing you to do. And you believe as his Holy Spirit is leading you to do. And whether that is standing firm, whether that is holding your ground, or whether that is fleeing, as was said in these verses, city to city, make sure that you are seeking God and doing nothing out of selfish ambition. Because, yeah, the verse that we read, it said, when they persecute you in this city, flee to another. So Christ is telling them, flee from persecution at this stage, at this moment. But yeah, you might ask the question, shouldn't we stand up for our faith? And my answer is yes. Flee for your faith. Stand up for your faith. But no matter what, have faith. It's both. Do what God is instructing you to do. I hope that makes sense. Do as the word is telling you to do. Do as the spirit is leading you to do. 
There, there, there is no right answer necessarily to this. What we must do, we believe that God is telling us to do in that circumstance, in that context. You have to be convinced and convicted one way or the other, no matter what. Do what God tells you to do. Nothing out of selfish ambition. And you'll read examples all throughout scripture of, of God's servant, God's people who did both. There are times that they flee and there are times that they stand. You think of Moses when he fled and when he stood. Think of David and Jeremiah and Paul. They all have times when they stand firm and they have times when they need to go. You must do as God instructs. Standing or fleeing. Do as God is telling you to do. And we'll move on as as our time runs on. It says in um, verse 24. A disciple is not above his teacher. Nor a servant above his master. It's enough for a disciple that he be like his teacher. And a servant like his master. If they have called the master of the house... Beelzebub, how much more will they call those of his household? I want to remind you that he is above. It tells us that the disciple is not above his teacher. I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm happy enough with that. I take great comfort in knowing that he is above And he is above all. He is over all. Every single circumstance and context in which you find yourself in, know that he is above. And he is the ultimate witness in whatever you are facing. He is the ultimate wisdom in whatever you are going through. Just know that he is above. And it is enough. It is enough to be like him. It is enough for a disciple that he be like his teacher. A servant like his master. Know again in that, in that sense of conducting yourself and how you go about your business. How you go about sharing the good news. Know that it is enough to be like Christ and to seek to be like him. And not everybody is going to like that. Not everybody is going to receive that well. And that's fine. But it is enough to be like him. So be like him. Be like the one who is sending you. Do everything you can to be like Christ. It tells us there that they called him. That they called the master of the house Beelzebub. And you might be thinking, I have no idea what that's talking about. And that's fine. This comes from the Old Testament word, Beelzebub, which is an idol. It's the god of Akron. It's a false god that they're talking about, that that Christ is talking about here. You see, all worshipping of false idols or false gods is regarded as devil worship. All of it is regarded as worshipping Satan. 
and and then in this one here, in, in the context of what we're talking about, it seems that there's something really satanic about the worship of this God. And, and that caused this God, Beelzebub, that caused his name to be a synonym of Satan. Though nowhere do we read that, that Jesus was actually called this. He was, he was being charged. He was being accused in league with Satan. What he's saying here is people were, were saying that he was under that, that name. And more than once was Jesus charged with being possessed by an unclean spirit or a demon. If you were here on Tuesday night, you'll remember in Matthew 9, the Pharisees said to Jesus, they said that Jesus was the prince of demons. That's what they accused him of. So this is the accusation that he comes up against. They're calling him the prince of demons. They're saying that, that he is associated with Satan. And listen, they will call us. They called him and they will call us. They will accuse us. They will accuse the apostles and they did. They will accuse his followers. They will. They will. But seek God. Know that he is with you. Know that he has given you wisdom. Know that he has sent you with power. Know. Have have faith in who has sent you and how you have been sent. Know that he is with you. And I want to finish by, by saying this. It is absolutely remarkable that they would call him anything like Satan. It is unbelievable that they would call Christ anything like the prince of demons. And the reason that that is so unbelievable is because Jesus lived a perfect life. He was without sin. We talk about how we conduct ourselves and how we, how we want to be. We want to be like him. He was without sin. And yet this is what they accuse him of. And still, he took it. He took the accusations. He carried on in his ministry. He continued, he continued to do what God told him to do. He took accusations, he took name calling, and he took much more. He took being beaten and spat upon. He took his flesh being ripped apart. He took nails through his hands. He took the cross. He took more than just a name. He took the cross. And why? What does all of that mean? We'll finish with this. We'll find this in Romans chapter 3. Verses 23 to 26. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. They are justified freely by his grace. Through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. God presented him 
as the mercy seat by his blood through faith to demonstrate his righteousness because in his restraint God passed over uh, the sins previously committed. God presented him to demonstrate his righteousness at the present time so that he would be just and justify the one who has faith in Jesus. He was just and he would justify. He was righteous and he would make righteous. This is why he took the accusations. This is why he hung on the cross for us. That, that all who would sin, that all who would fall short of the glory of God, that we would have the opportunity to be justified in his sight. Jesus lived a perfect life. He was accused. He was killed on the cross. He was buried in a tomb. And three days later, he rose from the grave. He lives forever and he offers us life forever with him. With those who put their trust in him. Who accept that we are in need of him. We are in need of a saviour. So I hope that today, if you've not put your trust in him, if you've not confessed Christ as your saviour, know that you need to. Know what he has done for you. And, and as we're going to sing in a minute, choose the Jesus way. I'm going to invite the team up and they're going to sing a song that we haven't done before. But it's really, as we sing it, you'll know that it's really relevant to what we have spoken about this morning. How we are sent, but who we are sent by. Church, I'll invite you to stand to your feet.